Hark the bardic paladin Who sings and plays again He tells the tales of glory And weaves a magic story He'll join you at your table And ask you to share a fable Heroes of humble origin Villains who must be fought again No matter their skill or prowess The people in life are countless so we pray you heed our request. Enjoy this tale of sidekicks and sidequests. Episode 26 Reg the Swamp Forager. Welcome to Sidekicks and Sidequests, the Dungeons and Dragons podcast that helps to put humans back into humanity and breathe life into your campaign NPCs with backstory and bravado. That's right, we're building a world, one character at a time. I am your host, Kurt Krenwelge, the Bardic Paladin, and I'll be joining Brady Effler's table in the Levitating Platter. <laughs> Welcome, welcome, Mr. Brady, my brother. How yeah. are you doing this evening? I mean, I'm doing uh, quite well, despite the current climate of the times, but I'm doing quite well. That's awesome. So would you like to go ahead and introduce yourself to our lovely podcast audience and tell us who you are and what it is that you do? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Brady Effler. I'm originally from California, but I'm finding myself living in Chattanooga, Tennessee right now. I graduated college in 2012. I was a member of Thami Alpha, and that's how Kurt and I know each other. I got my master's overseas in 2016, but I've been playing playing D&D ever since high school. I started with Vampire, like the Masquerade. Okay. Kids, like, during lunchtime. <laughs> Obviously, for me, like, RPGs has been my go-to, like, video game of choice. And then anything that I can do extra, like, narratively, that's how I really got into D&D. I've been playing it, so I guess now for more than a decade. Wow, that, that's cool. But it, I didn't really pick it back up strongly until like the last like probably four years ago. I started playing it a whole lot more. That's awesome. Similar to me, I know I've made it over 10 years now because I started in college with some buddies there. So I started off in the fourth edition and now I've exclusively been playing with the fifth edition. So I know you said you started off with Vampire the Masquerade, which I know that's a very popular one. But how have you done between all the editions and do you feel like 5th edition is a great version of the game? I never really got caught up with the editions. Most of the time when I would run campaigns, a lot of the DMs would have homebrew content based around like either 3.5 or 4th edition or 5th edition mm -hmm. rules. And I've also recently gotten into um, this book called Dungeon Crawl Classic, which is kind of making its way back up. And Dungeon Crawl Classic was pretty much like an originating source that maybe Gary Gygax inspired like way back in the day. But the mm -hmm. whole purpose of Dungeon Crawl Classic is to keep the rules as simple as possible and to have as many actually players as possible at the same time. So it's a really interesting format. Oh, that does sound cool. I know I myself have been interested in the West Marches style of campaign so I could have more people playing all in the same game, but not having 15 people crammed around a table so I don't have a deer the headlights look right yeah 
Exactly. All right. Well, I think we thoroughly covered the first two questions of the personal interview section. So we'll go ahead and pivot then to the sidekick portion. So do you happen to have a favorite NPC, whether they're from an RPG, a video game, or maybe a film, television, etc.? And why are they your favorite NPC or sidekick character? So I have an NPC that I personally created that's been one of my favorites. Oh, cool. And then I have, I guess, one of my favorite NPCs I'll mention from an RPG later. But my favorite NPC I created is... He's a peddler slash mason, and his name is Old Tom. Okay. And he was basically blessed by a mason god, even though he did not want to be blessed by this person. And mm-hmm. so he has a backpack of a never-ending supply of mythical bricks. Oh, wow. And so, but there's a role that goes with each time he, like, uses a brick, and sometimes the brick will either shatter into a cloud of dust and do absolutely no damage whatsoever, or the brick can be cursed, and anything that it hits, it will cause enemies to either be prone or something like that. But he's also very disabled mentally, and so he tells very long-winded stories and has touches of dementia and so sometimes he'll run into him and he'll tell you a story that happened three or four campaigns ago as if it happened yesterday interesting and so your player characters are familiar with this npc and if they play again as a different character if they run across him again later they're like old tom you told us the story before yeah no exactly so i mean i'm running a campaign now with a group of friends of mine and as i said before i do a lot of homebrew content and so i created this world a couple years ago and i had one campaign with a group of friends last year and then they ran into Tom and he helped them out by basically skull bashing some skeletons with one of his bricks and then now as of recently my new campaign they ran into Tom in jail and one of the older players is like oh great here's this old man again make sure he doesn't follow us oh yeah so that sounds like pretty cool reason as why he's so precious and your favorite so that's nice to have fun little characters like that just kind of puttering around and then did you say you had another favorite NPC that you quite admired from an RPG as well? So, I mean, I, I've been playing RPGs for a long time, so a couple of my favorites would have to be The Witcher, definitely Fallout 3, and then probably after that be Knights of the Old Republic, the first one that came out on the Xbox and PC back in early 2000s. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite NPCs is Basila Shan, which is the kind of main Jedi protagonist slash antagonist, depending on how you play in the first Knights of the Old Republic. And mm. I... Her story was very well written, and it makes you really dwell upon the decisions that you're about to make, because you know it's going to transform her life and yours at the same time. And so I Mm -hmm. think a really good RPG, especially NPC, who's ever writing it, if their story can not only affect you, but also make you think of how it's going to affect them, I think that's great writing, and I think that's great storytelling and great craft. Awesome. I know I've had other friends that have played the Knights of the Old Republic games. I myself have not played them. It's super cool to honor these writers who work real hard to make engaging characters just like there's real engaging people in real life i mean that's why i've always been drawn to tabletop games and rpgs is because i love a great story i love great character development and i like moments that make you think and have empathy rather than just kind of coasting through it right for the side quest portion of the show do you have a favorite side quest from any one of your games or video game, etc.? And why is it your favorite side quest? One of my favorite side quests that I have done in one of my campaigns, most of the time I do the DMing. Occasionally mm-hmm. I get the luxury of playing, but I also really like storytelling. And so I don't mind. One of my favorite side quests that I've done for my characters, the setting of the campaign, they're in a very religious and big T traditionalist kind of 
of location where basically the city revolves around elders, they have gods that they worship, they have certain elements that they have to do throughout their day to bring blessing to their city, their town, their elders, and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. I also got it from some Nordic literature as well. So the whole place has very kind of this hellhound, the one god they worship, her name is Wardruna and it's a wolf. And Mm. so in this village, basically, if a child comes of age, the child then has to carry the largest stone that they can to the top of the mountain. Oh, wow. And if they're able to carry the stone to the mountain and then come back, and then their family is blessed and they're going to have a great harvest, so on and so forth, if the child does not come back, then no search party goes for the child and they just presume that the child is dead. Or that there's another goddess and her name is Galdi and she's the goddess of the lost. Or that goddess has taken that child. So in the campaign that I have, there's a side quest where basically they're in this cathedral and they run into a couple and they're weeping and they said like fortnight ago they sent their eldest to carry the stone to the top of the mountain and they did not come back and in kind of ill temperament their youngest child went to go look for them Mm. basically out of spite of the elders like elders like no one can go beyond the great gate to the mountain unless you know you're of age you've been blessed and you have a stone so this child went looking for their sibling the parents asked their adventurers hey can you go help find our missing child and so they have to jump through a lot of hoops because they have to somehow gain access to the gate which is a religious thing and then once they actually get to the mountainside they discover that the child is not dead but the child has actually joined a tribe of said children that have been lost throughout the years oh and so then it's up to the actual adventurers they want to suss out this basically tribe of lost children who are ranging anywhere between the ages like 15 to 30 or do they want to leave them in peace and there's consequences to both actions one of my favorite kind of dilemmas to put them through and last time that they all did it they decided to leave the children alone but then civil war broke out and that tribe of children actually ended up getting massacred whoa right because they left them alone in the way that the dice rolled that day it was that was that side quest that's how that happened so for me whenever i'm doing side quests personally writing it i like to have elements of the main story in it whether it's journal pages or they'll find like different kinds of bells yeah trinkets or something like that sorry (laughs) no that's that's fine so i like to try to find stuff that links to the main quest but still kind of keeps them engaged to the side quest as well and then as far as like side quests and an actual video game Mm -hmm. there's so many to think of but i would have to say it sounds really weird not necessarily an rpg Mm -hmm. borderlands the series does an excellent job of side quests especially with like the borderlands 2 the dlc the tina's dungeons and dragons dlc add-on it was a great side quest because full of humor it doesn't take mm. the main game but it has elements to put you back into where you were in the uh, in the original as well so so to round out the personal interview section what are you passionate about and why i'm a huge music audiophile nerd so i collect records and vinyl all the time. Anytime I go to a show and I really enjoy the band, I always try to pick up a record and have the artist sign it. I work at a local dive bar slash venue mm-hmm. on town Chattanooga. And so I introduce to new bands every week. So for me, my main passion in life, obviously, has just been music, a huge driving force for me. But after that, I mean, I'm a huge nerd. I have huge Star Wars encyclopedia collection. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I'm also really weird. And I have 14 tattoos, a couple weird metal ones. 
I don't want to talk about, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I like to drink and I like to hang out and play video games and read books. I'm trying to reread Dune again because we're in lockup through the virus. So this will be like the third time I've read Dune and I'm really excited because I know the director of Blade Runner 2049 is going to do the newest Dune coming out. So I'm super excited about that. Oh, yeah, yes. I had heard that as much as well. Are you familiar with Mr. Matt Colville from the YouTubes and the internets? Yes. Actually, what's funny is when I was getting back into DMing, because I started playing again with a group of people about three years ago, and then I was getting back in the DMing, I was like, it's been forever. And so I actually watched a couple Matt Koval videos. Nice. And then after that, I was like, you know what? It's like riding a bike. So I just kind of picked it back up and didn't tell people where I made mistakes, you know? Exactly. I just kind of went on from there. Awesome. Well, I know he's a huge Dune fan as well, and so... I'm also thankful for Mr. Colville's tips and tricks to help improve my game. So, all right. Well, I feel like we've painted quite the exquisite portrait of my guest. And so I think it's only fitting now that we paint an exquisite portrait in NPC creation. Wonderful. Let's do it. All right. So before we started recording, I believe that you had opted to randomly generate a character by the dice rolls. So if you've got your set of dice handy, I am ready to begin. Let's go ahead and figure out what is going to be the name of this character. Go ahead and roll a d20. Okay. Let's see if you can hear this. Got it. All right. Well, you're in luck today because I just rolled a nat one. (laughs) Reg. R-E-G. Reg is the name. Okay. The next item to roll will be Ancestry. So let's go ahead and roll 2d10 for a d100 effect. This has been re-randomized since the last time I used it. So those of you who are listening thinking like you're going to know what's already going to be picked, you don't know. Go ahead and roll a d100. It's going to be 78. 78 as I scroll down the list. A tortle. We haven't had a tortle yet, so that's awesome. We have Reg the Tortle. And what is the job or role for Reg the Tortle? Go ahead and roll a D8. Okay, D8. It's a seven. That would be a forager. That was a job submitted by my guest, Elise Basili. So thank you, Elise, for that. So he's a forager, goes out and looks for food and stuff. That's cool. And then let's figure out how old Reg is. Why don't you go ahead and roll a D10? I have different age ranges for each choice. Six. Adult. So we have an adult turtle. Whatever you feel that would be appropriate for a turtle, I believe they they live to be a couple hundred years old, don't they? Turtles, if I remember correctly, they don't live very long, actually. Oh, really? I, I just looked it up again. They live for an average of 50 years. Oh, okay. Well, then whatever an adult would then be, at least 25, you think, or a little older than that? I would say 20 for a turtle as an adult. So at least 20 plus whatever number you want to pick. So adult. Okay, now now we get to pause the dice rolling a little bit now that we've been inspired let's describe the physical appearance of reg the forager how do you imagine reg to appear reg the forager well since he's a turtle i feel like he would be almost kind of like a walking backpack (laughs) and so you'd kind of hear him coming you'd hear like the metal pots maybe some bells loose coinage just rattling around maybe covered in furs as a turtle i would assume is also kind of slow but a very steady gait since he's an adult not like very old i would say his skin definitely would be maybe a healthy like bluish greenish kind of hue not many wrinkles he doesn't have any 
facial hair, if I remember correctly. I don't think turtles have facial hair. I don't believe so. Yeah, I would concur with that. He's standing up completely straight. He's probably a good five, eight, but... He's a turtle, so he's hunched over all the time, <laughs> about five foot, you know, just kind of wandering. So he's got pots and pans. Is his bag loaded down with stuff that he's picked up in the woods or the beach? Or where do we envision this particular forager being? I would imagine all the pots and pans are not like nailed to a shell, but they're hanging off spikes of his shell. Okay. It's like a natural backpack carrying rack, essentially. Turtle would definitely be in a swampier region. Oh, okay. Not necessarily anything too cold. I would imagine if you could take some of the bayous of Louisiana but put them closer to what's that one shore that's very famous in D&D Salt Marsh oh oh yeah Ghosts of Salt Marsh is the new campaign setting that came out yeah so he's in a swampy area near like you know the salt marsh kind of zone okay so then probably lots of small critters that are in the estuaries and mushrooms and vines and those kinds of things he's gathering yeah absolutely ooh he sounds pretty cool. Let's describe Reg with three adjectives. I would say the first one that comes to mind is poignant. Like he's very direct. He doesn't ever beat around the bush. Turtles don't live for a long time. He's a forager and so he knows what he needs and so he's very poignant. You don't know what he's not thinking essentially. Or <laughs> you know what he's thinking most of the time. So very poignant. I would say cautious. Another one like foragers definitely aren't people who have the luxury of of home or a room over their head every day. So he's poignant, he's cautious, and I would have to say a romantic. Reg the turtle is a romantic. He is poignant, cautious, but yet a romantic. Awesome. And then let's see, now we get to go back to dice rolling. So now we're trying to determine a valuable that he has, whether that's a physical object or it's a piece of knowledge. So let's roll a d4 first to figure out what category it's going to be in. Okay. That'd be a three. Three. So it's a secret. So let's go ahead and roll a D6 and figure out what is the secret that Reg is harboring. Okay. It's a four. Four. Okay. So Reg the turtle is really a changeling in disguise. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm going to write this down so I don't forget it. (laughs) Changeling. Okay. So we have this changeling now who is putting on this persona of someone who's very poignant, who's very cautious and very romantic. But I'm wondering what's the need or the reason for the disguise? Because I know changelings can kind of go either way as far as their alignment's concerned. But why would a changeling feel the need to be disguised as a turtle? I would say that the changeling is disguised as a turtle because the current social and maybe political climate that he lives in is not acceptable to changelings. Okay. But yet he lives, continues to live in this area because he's still searching for possibly the love of his life. Okay, so the, the place where he lives is not very hospitable for changelings, and so he's adopted this turtle persona, so he can still kind of be on his own and not really bother with anyone, but it still gives him an opportunity to be able to go into town and then find someone that he can truly end up with, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. And so then let's go ahead and roll a D12 so we can figure out what is going to be the particular side quest that Reg, our total changeling, is going to be asking player characters to help him out with. Okay, so you said a D12? Correct. Oop, fell off the book. Hold on. 
Um, uh, a six. A six. Follow the clues in a series of notes. And that was submitted by Michael Horsley, who was one of our previous guests as well. Do you think that sounds interesting for Reg then? Yeah, Reg is asking the party members to follow the clues in a series of notes. Mm -hmm. I mean, that would make sense if Reg was actually a romantic, because I feel like as a romantic, he probably writes a lot. Okay. And so therefore, I could see him maybe possibly leaving a series of clues to find maybe knowledge or information because if he is a changeling, changelings have often been hired to be assassins. And they also have a lot of information and knowledge to pass on. And so maybe this is something that Reg is trying to do to the party members. So the party members would just come across some notes and then they would follow the notes to Reg? Is that how you're thinking it's working or that Reg has a series of notes that he gives to the players and he wants the players to follow the clues in those notes to whatever end. It could possibly be that there is maybe a town warden who is looking for a particular changeling and the changeling did leave a series of clues or notes but these were notes intended for maybe the love of his life. Oh, okay. Warden thinks that these are actually maybe poems or sonnets that have hidden information about maybe an assassination attempt. Okay. Maybe the players are looking for a changeling, but it leads them to this turtle, and they Mm. discover the changeling is Reg, the turtle. Okay, so the player characters have been alerted to an assassination. The town guard has been like, we found these series of love letters, these notes. We believe that they piece the pathway to finding out who the assassin is. They follow the pathway, but then they come across Reg, and Reg, as we've discovered is not an assassin by trade so i wonder are the notes a red herring or is reg being framed for another changeling or what do you think i would say that the assassination might be made up by somebody else who does not want reg in the area but these notes that he's been leaving are have been notes to possibly the person that he's in love with. Okay. And Warden has found these notes and there's somebody manipulating it, saying that these are actually, this is like deep state secrets. And so Reg is actually just trying to be close to the love of his life by leaving these poems and these notes. But somebody else is manipulating it to think that these are actually tools of the trade or craft oh okay so the town warden or maybe the father of whoever reg is in love with has spun it and said i found a series of communiques there's a changeling hiding in our town we need you to follow them on the surface how the players are told oh these are coded messages but then as they find them they're following the clues they're finding where other notes are stashed they finally lead them back to reg and then reg is like oh hey what's up and if the players come in guns blazing we know you're a changeling assassin and then he could be like whoa 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 yeah that's interesting okay the person maybe spinning the letters as you said either could be the father or it could be a lover scorn who be with the person that reg is currently with oh okay yeah there's a lot of area that we can play with on this there's a lot of takes that you could do with that for sure so based on what we've discussed then what is going to be reward for succeeding this side quest i think the reward since he's a changeling but he's taken the image of a turtle i think the reward would be 
some kind of like nature element, whether it's a certain type of compass that helps you find the herbs that you're looking for immediately, or if it's a certain kind of water that imbues you with life, or some kind of therapeutic element that would help you in nature. I think you definitely give people something that would allow them to navigate the salty and swampy areas much easier. For finding Reg, for discussing the truth, for figuring it out, whether that's going to be to help Reg deal with the scorned lover or someone trying to smear him or to unite with the person that he's been trying to get in touch with, he would award the heroes with a item that's going to help them navigate the swamps going forward in the future. If the main campaign involves getting into some kind of temple or mausoleum or whatever, he could give them a key or he could give them the clues to a dungeon trap or something in the area that's part of the main quest. Something that make their main quest easier. Okay, that's a good either or. Mm -hmm. What's going to be the consequence of failure or refusing the call? Well, if you go with the idea that Red would have had something to offer to help them with their main quest, failure to do anything, I think, would just be, well, you're in this dungeon or you're in this temple or you're in this crypt. Here is a puzzle or here's a situation that is now much harder for you and the players. So that's like an immediate consequence of not helping. Another consequence could be some kind of action in town, whether there is an actual killing that could have been avoided of town bar maiden or some kind of aristocrat or something right there in town that could have been another valuable NPC. I think at that point, as the DM, it's up to you how you'd want the failure to plan out. Okay, so it either makes the main quest line that much tougher because they didn't get the hint that they could have gotten as the reward or as a consequence of this rumor, this fear-mongering getting stoked and amplified in town, someone innocent gets killed whether they are an important NPC that they could have talked to or just a person, whether that means the people in power killed someone because they wanted to and then they blamed it on this so-called changeling or I don't know, what do you what do you think about that? I mean, I think it'd be a really uh, powerful thing to do. I think of the Witcher, for instance, when you're doing the Baron quest in the Witcher, obviously spoilers if you haven't played the Witcher, but there's a certain route to where if you don't do the quests in a certain way, when you come back to this, what they call like the crow's nest or the crow's perch where the Baron lives, like he ends up hanging himself. Oh. So you basically stumble upon this large body hanging from a tree and now the entire political spectrum has shifted. You could also have that consequence where you come back to town and Reg is being hanged. Oh, okay. There we go. So Reg gets caught and then he does get hung even though he was like, hey, I'm just leaving love letters. And they were like, no, no, no. He's an assassin. We have to deal with him and make an example of him. Right. And then as the DM, you could also drop another random NPC who knows the situation, explain it to the players, and so they would be like, oh, because we failed to act, it costs this person's life. Or does it give them an opportunity, they come across the scene and Reg is in the process of being hung, they can either jump in and try and stop the hanging, or they just witness it happen, and then the turtle would slowly change into a changeling, and then everyone would be like, oh my gosh, it really was a changeling. Exactly. Yeah, so there's a lot of different ways that you could play with it, for sure. So I think we've learned a lot, and we've discovered that sometimes there's more than meets the eye, and I think the perfect place to examine this would be in a random encounter. Awesome. 
Okay, so now this is the part of the show we're taking all the information we have. Okay. So we have to give an example situation to explore who Reg is. So certainly I don't want to start this off as, oh, the random guy who gives you the first letter for you to follow the clues. So I'm wondering, we followed the clues to get to Reg? Or are we just randomly walking around the swamp and we happen to meet Reg? What do you think would be a better situation to try and role play? I think maybe running into Reg and maybe Reg would request of the players to deliver a note. So I will be playing the part of Duncan, who's my generic adventurer character, and we will proceed there. Ugh, after rescuing that hostage for that blacksmith who repaired my equipment very nicely, as I seem to be journeying on the road, I fear that the climbs have turned against me as I seem to be trudging through quite a bit more sludge than usual. Ugh, hmm. Well, I really hope that there's a town up ahead and... Oh, is that... Is that someone moving in the trees over there? I, I say, who goes there? Who goes there? I'm trying to figure out what Reg would sound like as a total... It's me, Reg. Reg, hello. Nice to meet you. Uh, my name is Duncan. I'm a traveling adventurer. Do you happen to know if there's a town nearby? Yes, it is two looks to the east. His, like, you know, claw-like finger and points to the east. Ah, very good. And Duncan will just take a quick second to kind of examine the appearance of Reg. Oh, what is it? What is it that... Do you wander the swamps all day? Or was it? what is it that you do? Reg would bend down and, like, start picking up, like, mushrooms and, like, shoving them inside of his shell. And then you see him, like, almost, like, snap, like, maybe a squirrel neck and then put it in another part of his shell. <laughs> and, like, just keeps shoving in there he's like oh i just live here but i have a favor to ask oh a favor well well i i'm sure i could do a favor how how is it that i can help you there's this letter and he pulls out a letter from like underneath one of his shell pockets and it's covered like in moss and he Mm -hmm. like takes it off and he hands it to you and he says There's a dark elf that works in the tavern. Long black hair. See to it she has this. Certainly, yes. I can hopefully have a place to dry my boots and suppose deliver this letter then. And he just kind of looks at you very fondly and he goes, This makes my heart happy. All right. Well, Reg, it was nice to meet you. I will head east as you've instructed and I will deliver the letter. Then he blurts out, but don't read it. Oh, no, no, I wouldn't dream of it. And Duncan, who's a very honorable adventurer, will just put it into one of his pouches and then he'll just continue to walk down the road and go, well, so long, Reg. I suppose I'll see you next time. And he kind of like does the princess wave with his big fat clawed hand and he continues to like walk around the forest and pick up random All right. So then as we head into the final thoughts of the show, what did you think about this podcast experience? I mean, honestly, NPC making is one of my favorite things to do. So for me, rolling to make a random NPC, it definitely works that creative mindset. And that's the I think that's the, one of the best things about D&D. As long as you have some kind of element of creativity to you and you have the ability to suspend disbelief and create something, you can never get bored with it. And you can continue just to add to it as long as you want. 
and I think D&D is great, and I love rolling random NPCs because it also makes me think about my campaign, and maybe I'll put in a changeling turtle named Ridge. That would be awesome, because then I'd love to hear the stories of how your player characters interact with them, because you could definitely post that to our Reddit and stuff like that, and I think a lot of people would get a kick out of it. Once the secret's revealed, I wonder, does Reg maintain that turtle form, or does he go to a new disguise? I don't know. What do you think? I mean, like, I think that he probably maintains a turtle form in this area to be safe. And I feel like, you know, a turtle is also kind of a metaphor for safety because he has a huge shell that can protect him. I think it's probably Reg's wish to abscond with his love and to go to a different place. So, I mean, I mean, I feel like Reg would have a lot of different avenues to work with depending on what the players decide to do. Awesome. Well, I certainly want to give you here at the end of the show a platform to plug anything that you'd like. So if there's anything that you've got going on that you want to share with the world, let us know. Not really. I mean, I'm just doing my thing. Uh, I just hope bars reopen soon and, and also that we can play D&D in person again soon because like sometimes it's really hard to do on Discord or anything like that because you have to break out maps and a bunch of other whiteboard nonsense and I'd rather just do it in person. So I don't have anything to plug besides I really enjoyed being on this podcast. I love talking about D&D and I always have time to talk about D&D. Awesome. Thank you so much for being a guest and I think it's safe to say that we'll probably be asking you to return as another guest and see if we can make other crazy NPCs by the roll of the dice as well. Oh, I'd love that. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sidekicks and Sidequests. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast through Apple Podcast, Google Play, and Overcast, or feel free to save the RSS feed to use the app of your choice. Visit our website, https colon forward slash forward slash sidekicksandsidequests.com for links, write-ups of the NPCs, and to learn more about the podcast. To stay up to date and share your fan creations, you can like and follow the podcast on social media by searching for at Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. The podcast is also on Reddit, so join our subreddit community at r slash Podcast to share your art, stories, discussions, and commentary. If you'd like to hail the bard, send an email to sidekicksandsidequests, all one word, at gmail.com. I ask that you please leave an honest review on iTunes to help spread the word about the show. Sidekicks and Sidequests is unofficial fan content permitted under the fan content policy, meaning I'm not approved or endorsed by Wizards. Portions of the materials used are property of Wizards of the Coast. Copyright Wizards of the Coast LLC. Thank you for your support, and I'll see you at the pub next time. Bar to rock on one, two, one, two, three, four! Oh! Psychics and psychoists.